Welcome to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. I'm your host, Tim Reed. And once again, I'm so excited to be here today. Welcome to the Firetime Podcast. Well, right now we are in between season seven and eight, and as we're preparing all of our content to launch season eight in March, we are going through Firetime Magazine audio articles, and I'm going to be playing the article for you and listening to it in real time, then giving you my rapid reaction. I'm just, I'm blown away every single month by the content of the articles in the Firetime Magazine. They're absolutely incredible. And as I listen to it, you know, in real time, as the magazine comes out, I get all kinds of thoughts and just thought it would be really cool while we're in between seasons to listen to the article along with you and then just give you my rapid reaction. This is, it's literally, it's totally unscripted. I'm listening in real time, just taking notes and just firing off the cuff. So this article today that we're going to be listening to is called The Cohesive Unit by Sam O'Donnell. Now, Sam is someone that I worked with for a couple of years at Fireside Home Solutions. He is absolutely incredible, like seriously one of the most brilliant retail salespeople I've ever met. He's incredible and meticulous with his process. This article, The Cohesive Unit, the first time I heard it, I was blown away. I'm excited to listen to it again and then give you my rapid reaction thoughts. The Cohesive Unit by Sam O'Donnell. During the last few weeks I worked in retail sales, I was tasked with training my replacement. As such, I taught our new team members software programs, product information, internal and external resources, and all things necessary to perform the job. Most importantly, I belabored one point ad nauseum. Take care of your installers. I was fortunate to learn this early on. If we were football teams, our install crews would be our offensive lines. If we operated restaurants, our install crews would be the bussers and dishwashers. Day in and day out, They do the gloryless and often thankless dirty work that makes the rest of our careers even possible. This column is a tribute to you, Install Crews, and it covers a few ways that salespeople can make your lives better. Salespeople and installers tend to, generally and inherently, be different by nature, skill set, thought process, job description, etc. These differences lay the groundwork for an uphill camaraderie battle that can serve as a barrier to doing what is best for the customer the business, and each other. Simply put, there's a disconnect between the two parties. Now, the best way to minimize this disconnect is to connect with intention and purpose. In fact, this exact issue haunted our retail team until we consciously connected with our installers through field training, team meetings, job ranking, and rapport building. Field training. As part of the training process for all new and existing salespeople, we were scheduled to spend several days in the field with various install crews. For new hires, the training was educational, and it also served as a personal introduction to the crews who would be installing their jobs. For existing salespeople, the training was intended to build camaraderie and help us understand what we asked of our installers. I recall a certain aha moment that one of our salespeople had. He was furious at an install crew for walking away from a job site that required running gas line through a small crawl space. He was taken to this particular home, strongly encouraged to test out the crawl space for himself, and asked to imagine how he'd feel about spending an afternoon working in that environment. A newfound level of respect was immediately established. 
This was time well spent. Getting salespeople into the field during our busy season can be tough, but we should all make this a priority in the upcoming invest season. Thanks for the term, Grant Falco. Team Meetings Our sales team and install crews began to meet consistently throughout the month and year. These meetings had two main goals, discussing problems from previous jobs so they wouldn't happen again, and forecasting potential issues so they wouldn't arise in the future. In this regard, the meetings served their purpose. In fact, two up from meeting hours per month prevented countless mistakes that would have caused us a lot more time, headache, and profit on the back end. The unintended outcome, and silver lining, was the camaraderie that began to build among us. Did we become the Brady Bunch? Absolutely not. But we grew to respect the roles that each of us played, and we learned how we could help each other win. As a result, mistakes and tensions decreased, attempts to problem-solve increased, and productivity skyrocketed. Job Ranking As busy as we've been, and continue to be, most retailers have the option of being selective on the jobs they agree to pursue. As salespeople, this is an opportunity to set your install crews up for success. Keep in mind the workload they're carrying and prioritize jobs that are both easy wins for your installers and profitable projects for your company. To be clear, I'm not suggesting that we turn down profitable work due to complications or challenges. Instead, I'm suggesting that we intentionally choose what work we do and when we do it. Attempting to cram that three-day job with complex gas and vent runs into a single-day mid-season is a recipe for disaster. Set timeline expectations with your customers and save complex projects for the slow season when your team has time to create a tactical plan. Prioritizing jobs maximizes profit, keeps the schedule running smoothly, and, most importantly, keeps your install crews happy and healthy. Rapport Building as a salesperson, building rapport with your install crews doesn't need to be complex. At the end of the day, it's a working relationship, and any worthwhile relationship requires effort. Since you're reading this, I'm guessing that you go above and beyond for your customers. Well, you need to do the same thing for your install crews. Show up to the warehouse early on a Monday morning with donuts or coffee and hang around for a bit. Make it your top priority to answer your phone when an installer is calling from a job site. Is your crew missing a piece of necessary equipment or vent pipe on a job site? Run it out to them. Is an upset customer giving your installers a hard time? Remove that burden from your crew by taking ownership and calling your customer to work out a solution. Of course, these are just examples of small acts, and they may not amount to much individually, but they can help you build a healthy working relationship if you do them consistently over time. Lack of cohesion between sales teams and installation crews is an issue that runs rampant in our industry. Nearly every retailer I know has alluded to this pain point in some form or fashion. It's often the root cause of job fallouts, lost profits, wasted time, and contentious relationships. By consistently and intentionally implementing the suggestions above, our company created a culture of cohesion and positive results followed. If you do the same thing in your business, I'm confident you'll find similar success. Man, such a good article. I remember listening to that the very first time. It came out back in our November issue, and I did the editing on that particular article, so I listened to it in, in detail. And I was just blown away. It, it was so cool for me because me and Sam worked together, and and he spent some time in the company after I had, had left to jump into what I'm doing now. But we overlapped and and what he talked about, I was able to live and experience 
And he's so right in the analogy that your installers are like the offensive line in football. You know, who is it that gets all the credit? It's Tom Brady, right? It's the quarterback. It's the wide receiver. You know, but who is it that makes everything possible? It's the line. Like without the offensive line, there would be nothing. And the same thing is true for our installers. It's it's such a good way to think about it. You know, field training is, is a big deal. And the thing that, that I think about is when, when we would hire new salespeople, I would draw up an onboarding plan for them for the first couple of months that they were with the company. And a lot of it had to do with them spending time in the field, either you know in a customer's house for uh, the visit before the sale or with the installers you know installing the job. And it's really important, especially at the beginning, more than, more than even the training aspect, it, I would say it's actually the rapport building of understanding what these people go through day in and day out. And, you know, installers, that some of customers bite their heads off. It, it, it's, it's too hot or it's too cold. They're in difficult situations. And the more time you can get your salespeople in the field with installers, the better. Even at the expense of them helping customers, you know, in, in season, it would, it would be worth having a salesperson be in the field you know, one day a month, just just shadowing the install crews. I think that that is is terrific advice. You know, the heart of this, I think, is the team meeting. That was such a big deal for us. We we fought we fought issues where our salespeople would go out to do the in home preview. We wouldn't have an estimator do it. Now, Grant and I have talked. You've heard us in the ten step execution process that we actually recommend you have a dedicated estimator. In in my previous company, we just we didn't have that. We were working towards it at, at the end of my time there, so we had to make the best. Of, of what we had, which was having salespeople do it. And so because of that, because salespeople were doing in-home visits and they don't have all the knowledge of installers, we had to meet to go over it. Otherwise, there there was the opportunity for things to go totally sideways. So what we would do is we would meet in general once a week and sometimes it would be every other week depending on the time of year and the volume of jobs. But that hour spent together, it was so powerful. And and it was just like Sam said, what we would do is we would get together and the salespeople would be looking at pictures of jobs that they bid that had been completed. And basically the installers would say, hey, this is what worked. This is what didn't work. Like, don't do this again next time. It put us in a horrible spot. Then what the salespeople would do for the second half of the meeting is we'd all get out our iPads and we would show pictures of the jobs that we were in the middle of bidding. And we would talk to the installers and say, hey, you know what? I had some questions about this. What would you do here? How should I bid this? Do I need to be worried about about this decision that I made and that I told the customer? Well, every once in a while, we'd have to call the customer back and say, you know what? We thought that we could do it this way. I double checked with our installation team. It's going to have to happen a different way. But we were able to catch so many problems by week in and week out going over that and having a meeting between sales and between installation. It was incredible. Like Sam said, this was not the Brady Bunch. I mean, I mean, man, I mean, I can think back to times where like, People were mad, you know, a salesperson was mad at an installer, an installer was cursing at a salesperson. That that happened. But the meeting provided a place where we could work through it together. And I really think that that there was a healthy respect that was that was gained. So having that meeting between sales and installation at least every other week to to look at the problems and just own it. Man, we totally made a mistake on this and the way that we sold it. I'm sorry. Can you just educate me on what I should do in the future? 
And then you talk about what's coming up. Hey, these are the jobs that I looked at this week. These are the pictures on them. Is there anything I should be paying attention to? Even if you have a dedicated estimator, the estimator should still be communicating this way with the installers. And you want your salespeople there so they can learn it because they're the ones that are talking to customers and setting the initial expectations. So yeah, so good. And finally, just the little things matter. I mean, you know, what I wrote down is just that idea of like, you know, having like donuts, bringing them in on a Monday morning, you're getting coffee for your installers. This stuff's a big deal. I I mean, I remember even, you know, to this day, like if a sales rep calls me up and is like, Hey Tim, I'm in your neck of the woods. Can I bring you a cup of coffee? Man, I'll take that every day of the week, right? If someone calls me up and they're like, Hey, I'm just, I mean, I wanted to bring you some lunch. Would that be okay? It's just graciousness and it buys so much goodwill. I think I don't think you can underestimate how important that is, especially if you're a salesperson that's paid on a sliding scale and you know and you're and you're helping out an installer that's not paid on a sliding scale, you know, use your surplus to be generous to them and and it will pay itself back. When Sam talked about job ranking, this is a big deal. And we we would use a simple system of A, B, C, and D to to rank jobs and you know, we had certain criteria at, at different times of the year where we would say, you know, once we hit this time of year, we're not going to do any gas line run that's going to take us, you know, more than 45 minutes. We had a rule for Saturday installations. There was no gas line. It had to be, you know, gas line had to be totally hooked up and ready on site. And and at first for me, I hated it. It, it made me so mad that that we would do that because I, I, I kept thinking, oh, we're not going to sell anything. I, I have to say no to this customer or I have to, you know, tell the customer that it's got to happen in March instead of in, in October. As I started to live into it though, it was just the right move. You know, doing less things better will set you up in a far superior way than doing more things worse. And there's only so much time in the day. And and if it's the payoff season, you need to get as many jobs done as possible. And, and it would be worth saying no to jobs that don't fit your expertise and your time constraints to try to put them off to later in the year and, and honestly, or to lose them so that you can do the jobs that you're best at. Focus on A and B level jobs and you're going to find that there there is enough business to go around. So I, I thought it was just an unbelievable article. I, I took a lot away from it and it was just so cool listening to it, you know, being able to live some of that with Sam and know that, you know, he, he's just, he, he's preaching what, what he practiced. Now, if this podcast has been a blessing for you and you want to support it financially, you can do that by going to the website patreon.com slash itsfiretime. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash itsfiretime. And, you know, it means the world to those of you who support this podcast month in and month out. If, if you're enjoying the Firetime Magazine content, you have to subscribe to that podcast, period, plain and simple. And you know what? If you're not getting this in your inbox, shame on you because this magazine is awesome. It is so good. So go to the website, itsfiretime.com slash magazine. You can download the latest issue. You can subscribe to get it in your inbox every single month. And, you know, yeah, there's no excuse not to. So I hope you enjoyed this. We're going to be back next week with another article. So I will talk to you again very soon. Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. To learn more, visit the website itsfiretime.com. Music from this episode was written and recorded by In Bloom out of Portland, Oregon. We thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. We'll see you next time. All in to burn.